Joining me on the line now is a world-class comedian residing here in Cape Town. Carl Weber started comedy in 2010 and has grown in leaps and bounds, appearing on Comedy Central uh, on several occasions, on, uh, performing on just about every stage, every big stage in the country and traveling through Africa to perform his comedy. Uh, this morning we chat to him about his journey and about his specific style of audience engagement uh, and how he's managed to rise to the top of an industry. Uh, Carl, welcome to the Weekend Early Breakfast. How are you doing? All good in yourself, Mark. Good to be on Cape Talk. <laughs> I'm very well, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out to, to, to chat to me. I know you're very busy. You've got a couple of big dates coming up. But yeah. I wanted to, you know, I've, I've, I speak to a couple of different comedians on this show. And what I'm going to focus with on you is, cause, because I've seen you, you play quite a few times, uh, I'm, I'm very much aware of your style. You've become very good at hosting and you won, you're a regular host at the Cape Town Comedy Club. Which is not an easy gig to get. And, um, you do a lot of crowd work. Now, I know it's expected of a host to do a lot of crowd work, but at which point, I mean, is it something that you've always found easy or was there a shift in the way you do your comedy or your performances that you started incorporating more audience, not participation, but more crowd work, engaging with the audience? Well, it was it was quite the opposite for me. Uh, it's not something that comes easy or came easy in the beginning. Uh, it's something that I feared the most, uh, interacting with the crowd and uh, just doing a, a improv, you know, trying to find something funny. So I pushed myself out of my comfort zone, you know, the material thing, and trying to go into the crowd. So I forced myself to do that. And the unexpected answers that you get uh, and trying to, to, to make, funny of it you know so i pushed myself and the more you push yourself the more comfortable you become doing it and the more uh confident you become doing it and because I, I was reading up a bit about a bit about you and just like with all comics starting out uh you say one of your one of your biggest struggles was becoming comfortable on stage becoming comfortable with your material so you know yep. just gaining that sort of confidence and uh how do you take now you've said you've challenged yourself by doing more crowd work how has that changed your 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 normal performance on stage when you're just doing a normal headliner set or a, a normal one-man show do you do more crowd work in those performances as well well you know it helps immensely because what that teaches you to do on stage is <clears throat> to go off script at any given time if you uh, hit a blank you can just start improving and you know, just do whatever you want. So that sharpens your mind, uh, sharpens your funny bone. Um, you spot something in the crowd. If you're doing a one-man show and you lose track of where you are, you can you know, jump off, uh, speak to someone in the crowd, and you can make that sound like part of your set. I, I'm asking you this, and I'm, 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 I'm starting at this point, because most comics, if not more than most comics, avoid sort of crowd work and avoid the audience engagement because we find it very distracting when the when the crowd is engaged you know so how do you overcome yeah. that challenge of i don't know gauging how to push or how to lever uh, how you play the game on stage well, you know, the thing is, I always tell guys, if you can avoid it, avoid it. Because you get uh, people like hecklers in the crowd. Mm. And if you're not experienced enough, a heckler can, the, can get the better of you. And that just makes you look bad on stage. What is so, uh, so so basically, if you're, not, if you're not confident enough, if you're not... Uh, um, I, I always say you have to be so unapologetic with what you say. You have to stand behind everything you say. Mm. So when you engage with someone and say, hey, what's your name? Mark, okay, cool. And you just move on. What was, what was that? That was unnecessary, you know? Yeah. So if you don't have anything to say, just don't go into the crowd. 
you're not comfortable yet. What was the what was the turning point for you? Were you doing and were you doing your 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 normal sets, going on stage performing, and then uh, you were asked to, or you you decided to take on hosting, and that changed your your the way you deal with the audience, or taught you how to deal with the audience, or was it something that you incorporated already when you were doing your normal set on stage? Well, you know what? I never wanted to be a host. I always just wanted to be headliner, supporter. I just wanted to do my uh, Rustam August, the late Rustam August, the late great Rustam mm-hmm. August, uh, kind of pushed me in that direction. And he saw the host in me and said, Cole, you know what? You are a host. And I never believed it. And he pushed me and I got into it. It was daunting. Uh, it was scary. And But the more I did it, the more comfortable I became. And now today, I'm, I'm a host, you know. <laughs> and do, so do you... Is there, a, is there a different mindset when you are hosting versus when you are just going on stage um, as a headliner? Do you, are, they, are they different? Definitely. Rules? It's a completely different game. When you are hosting, you must, be, you, must, you, must, you must know that you can go on stage because you're going on stage at least five times a night. Mm. So you can kill five times a night or you can die five <laughs> times a night. And that is a scary part. You're going up. You're the first point of call. You are the first face they see. You're going up to a dead, cold crowd. It's a thankless job, and I'm ranting right now. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. I love. I love hosting. So it's a, it's a tough job. Do you just like you said, Rastam saw that in you, and you know, very often comics see that in like other comics on stage. Oh, you'd be a good host. Do you think it's some something that every comedian should try? that every comedian is capable of, or is it just, does it take a type of comedian to be able to, to succeed at being a host? You know, the thing is, it comes down to looks. <laughs> I'm quite a good-looking guy, and I'm joking. I'm, joking. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The thing is, that, so, uh, everybody absolutely should try hosting. Uh, you never know when there is a host in you, but not all great comics are great hosts. Mm. You know, so Mark Lotting, amazing comic. Uh, he hates hosting. He doesn't like it. Nick Rabinowitz, great headliner, hates hosting. Mm. But you try it. You have to try it. If you don't try it, you'll never know. Is it part of? Is it part of the 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 the, the schooling of becoming a comedian? You reckon? Absolutely. Uh, because even if you're not a host and you are hosting, it's going to teach you how to go up to a cold crowd, how to go up after you just died. And go up again, and then you die, and then you go back up again. So it makes you really tough. The, you, we've we, we spoken now about um, about about your hosting skills and how you've incorporated that into your set on stage. There've been a couple of 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 big landmarks in your career. I mean, you've been doing it since um, was it twenty twenty ten? You've been doing comedy, and you've gone, yeah. and you've gone professional. You've gone professional over the past, I think, four years yeah. with full art comedy. Uh, doing tours, yeah. so that was yep. quite a big turning point. And then you also did Bloomboyki, your first one-man show, Bloomboyki Diaries, at yep. at, um, at the Cape Town Comedy Club, which you published, mm-hmm. uh, which you published to uh, to DVD as well. So you went yep. from doing a set to doing a one-man show and working with uh, Stuart Taylor, who directed that show, took it with you yep. to Grahamstown. Um, then Cayton Comedy Club, and now it's coming back for another run in August at the yeah. Rock City View Bar, Grand Risk Casino, uh, first, yeah. second, and third of August, right? Mm-hmm. How was that shift for you, going from just being a comic on stage, playing, working his material, to working with a director? Yeah, you know, that, that, uh, doing your first one show as a comic is a real turning point in your career because you view comedy very differently. When I did Bloomberg Diaries, so the show debuted in Grahamstown, mm. 
I came back and I had three nights at uh, Garden Court Theatre, and then I went to Cape Town Comedy Club. Um, so I sold out. Every, uh, the show sold out. Uh, the, the, the advantage of having a director, I was going to do, originally, I was going to do the best of, like, just all my gags. Mm. And Stuart Taylor, who I asked to direct my show, said, no, we're going to write a brand new show. Tell us your story. Let us be... Moving from Bloemfontein to Cape Town, why, how, and, you know, all the reasons behind it. And I wrote that show, unrehearsed, and I got on stage, and I just performed it. And that changed my, my whole perspective on comedy. Because you are from Bloemfontein, you grew up there, you moved to Cape Town, uh, you gained a lot of success, a lot of traction early on. You won Fat Joe's, Cape Town's next comic. Yep. Uh, you were chosen out of 1,500 people for Lisa Gola's one-man show to open for his one-man show, uh, mm. Life and Times. Uh, you've performed at, on the Nando's Comedy Festival. You've, mm. you've done great. You've done great from, from the start, from the, from the realization of it. Yep. And the fact that you almost took a step back with, under the guidance of Stuart Taylor and wrote a biography, more or less, a biography of, yep. of yep. your, of your, of your show is quite a testament to that. Because yeah. I feel like from Bloomboy, you've, 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 from that point onwards, you brought a lot more cultural references into yeah. your sets, into your shows. Definitely. So your show, uh, really determines who you become and what you want to say and what your voice, what you want your voice to be. Mm. So Bloomfontein really had a big impact and I never want to stand Bloomfontein down. I love Bloomfontein with all my heart and that is the reason, um, I wanted to do Bloomboy Diaries, you know. Mm. And in terms of working with Stuart Taylor or working with a director, what is the importance of that to you, that kind of guidance of putting the show together? So so what, the advantage of having a director is just having a sounding board and someone to tell you and be brutally honest with you and tell you, this is not working. That's cool. Take that out. So out of 10, 10 gags, he'll tell you, ditch eight of them. They're too, it's okay, we can work with that. So he's so honest and so brutal. And at the end of the day, you come out with something that you couldn't see because there's another person sitting from the other side watching your comedy and say, you're missing beats here, you're doing this, your rhythm is off, uh, your timing is out, and you just, he corrects that. He corrects that all the time. Which is totally different to um, as you're coming up, or like, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of, of doing the thing as well on the circuit. A couple of yeah. comics, a couple of senior comics or, or, or comics that are, 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 are in the same sort of uh, time frame as you give you notes from time to time after, after a set. And in the beginning, you are so protective over your work that you go like, oh, no, I'm not taking notes from you. No, I'm not taking notes. You don't know where the joke is coming from. You don't know where the bit yeah. is coming from. And you, that's another thing you have to let go of. Yeah, absolutely. The thing is, uh, you know, uh, you will evolve as a comic. Your, your jokes will evolve. You'll ditch jokes. Uh, when you start comedy, that first five minutes will be a distant memory in a year's time because you're writing new stuff all the time. So don't, you know, be protective over your stuff, but don't be closed off to advice. 
For our listeners that have just tuned in, this is Cape Talk Weekend Early Breakfast with myself, Mark Johnson. I'm in conversation with Carl Weber, uh, quickly becoming a recognizable face on South African TV as well as South African comedy stages all over the country. Uh, if you'd like to call in and ask him a question as we discuss comedy and his journey through it, uh, feel free to do so by calling into studio on 021-446-0567. You can also send your WhatsApp texts or voice notes to 072 You've got another show coming up um, uh, The 7th of July This is more recent Also at Grand West But this time at Hanover Street And it's a show that you've been touring I think for the past year and a half Or going on on almost uh, Yeah, about a year and a half Going on two years now um, Called Day Zero um, Uh With Yasin Barnes uh, Kakiso uh, Mukhari and Dalen Oliver, four of you eating the road. You've gone to Durban, if I'm not mistaken. You've gone to Joburg. Um, you've played a cinema in Cape Town and you've done the show down in Cape Town. Um, what has that been like working on a, working as, as a, as a pack of four traveling the country? So, you know, um, lineup shows, I love lineup shows because the thing is, uh, the, the three guys I travel with are good friends of mine and they're amazing comics as well. So it's just four headliners decided, let's do a, a, a lineup show, take it around the country, make it relevant, call it Day Zero, the water shortage comedy tour. And that is when we were uh, heat with the water shortages in Cape Town and it was, it was centered around that. Uh, when we came out of the water shortage, uh, crisis as, as a province, as a country, uh, we went into the whole load shedding. And then our new show is called Day Zero Unplugged um, <laughs> with load shedding. So just making it relevant and taking it, and making people aware of it. Um, we don't want to teach anyone anything. We just want to laugh at ourselves, laugh at them, laugh at ourselves, laugh at the situation. Because you're, you're, you're four very, great, very good comics. I mean... Uh both you and Dalian have been nominated for Comics Choice Awards. Yasin Barnes has won Comics Choice Award. Uh, Kakiso is one of the most recognized faces as well around the country mm-hmm. on stage. Killer, killer headliner. Um, you know, you, you, you guys are, are, are four great comics, but four different comics. How is it, do you find it challenging or is the audience quite open to these four different styles of comedy coming on stage? So, you know what, um, it, it is being received very well because we are so different in our approach. Yasin Bond takes on a <clears throat> sort of a, a one-liner uh, perspective. Um, KG is just that laid-back kind of vibe. I'm the crazy, like, I'm, I'm actually a bit of a douchebag on stage, <laughs> but in a charming way. Mm. Dalen is just a nice guy. So there's four different personalities all on stage. Everyone is getting what they want out of that comedy show, and we ended off with a panel discussion. And that, and people, from from what I understand, from what I've seen, people love the package. It's literally like four of their favorite comedians together on one stage, and that one's happening on Sunday, seventh July, six p.m. at Hanover Street. Um, just in terms of just going, I mean, there's, there's two things I want to go back to. The one is, uh, firstly, uh, Bloom Boyke the first time around. Right, yep. and now Bloom Boyke the second time around, around having upped your game when it as uh, having upped your game as uh, doing crowd work and engaging with the audience. What can you see the difference now when you're preparing for the next show? Oh, definitely. So the first time around, I'm just concentrating on nailing the show, getting not forgetting anything, trying to mm-hmm. just do everything by the book. This time around, I know the show. I know the show of art, and I'm not stressed about performing it. I'm looking. How can I enhance the show? How can I improve it? How has the show evolved from the first time I did it? 
but not just the show, but you as well. Exactly. Because you've grown into something, and you've grown into your own form of comedy beast on stage. And then the last thing, the last thing I want to talk about is you and those battles. Yes. <laughs> you have become uh, synonymous in Cape Town with uh, the roast battle, being the the man to go up against, being the person to go up against. But also on, on Comedy Central's roast battles, you were also murderous on television. What is what do you and and you you you? I mean, you were there. Comics, there are certain yeah. comics that just cannot do it. I'm not sure if it's because they are too nice. You just said you yourself, you're a bit of a douchebag, yeah. or if they just don't. You know, that's, that's not their their line of thinking. Um, firstly, what is it that attracts you to doing a roast battle? You know what? The thing is, my life has been a roast battle. So basically because growing up as a colored guy, uh, uh, as a colored kid, that's what we did, right? We, we, what we called, uh, and I'm doing the inverted commas, guara, you know, <laughs> we guara, we make fun of each other. And that's how we grew up. So it's in, in me already to do that, you know? And they always say you roast the ones you love. And <laughs> no, like afterwards, we all had a, like a drink together and we had a good time. But when I'm on stage, I'm going to take you out. Just, to, just for our audience members, a roast battle, as far as comedy goes, is when, when two comedians get on stage face to face and they sort of rattle off jokes, mostly insults or commentary towards each other. But it has to be funny. There has to be a punchline. It has to be well thought out. Uh, I've seen you do those battles where you, you play off the cuff. You just, you just a natural at it. And what is it? What do you think makes a comedy, a comedian not good or bad at, at doing those things, those battles? So when you're roasting, you need to be absolutely unapologetic. You can't say something and feel bad about it. You know, it's just mm. showing weakness. So know that it's just a roast battle. No one's, uh, this is not serious, you know, we're all just having some fun. And just go all out. I always tell guys before we eat the stage, listen, guy, don't hold back because I'm not holding back. And then we go at it. <laughs> Roasting the ones you love. And then the last, my last question um, in terms of your, your, your view on comedy. Obviously, you think you're funny. Um, the guys that you're performing with uh, on stage, you think, you think they're funny. What do you think it is when the audience laughs when you're on stage? What do you think it is that they're laughing at? You know, um, so different comics take different durations of time to figure out what is funny to them mm -hmm. and what relates, what, what then in turn is funny to the crowd through them. So I've realized what the crowd enjoys about me and what I enjoy about myself is that I'm, I'm relatable. It's everyday things. It's things that the guy next door would have been doing, you know, and he's like, he recognizes it, but he doesn't, he's never thought of it from my point of view. And I'm delivering my point of view. It's like, I know what he's talking about, you know? And I think so that's just the, being relatable. That's the genius of a, of a good comedian is the way they see the world, the lens that they, through which they exactly. see the world. Carl Weber, thank you so much. I really appreciate the chat, man. Mark, thanks for having me. I look forward to a, a in-person interview next time. Uh, I'd would, love to come in. It would be great. It would be great. Again, Bloomberg's Diaries, directed by Stuart Taylor, uh, performed by Carl Weber at the Dock City View Bar, Grand West Casino, 8 p.m. Tickets are one fifty. The show is from on the 2nd, sorry, the 1st, the 2nd, and the 3rd of August this year. Also, Day That's Zero great. Comedy Tour at Hanover Street 
on the 7th of July, Sunday the 7th of July, 6pm, a 100 rand a ticket at Grand West Casino. That's the Day Zero Comedy Tour with Carl Weber, Yasin Barnes, Kakisa Mukhari and Dalen Oliver. Don't miss that one. Carl, have a great weekend further. Mark, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Shout out, bro. Take care. See you, bro. Bye.